0: Everyone. Welcome back to Transformational Trauma and Healing. I am so glad you're here. Today's guest is James Gardner. James is an author, speaker, certified coach, and NLP and EFT master practitioner. James has survived three near death experiences and is currently living with both a brain injury and physical disability. Despite these challenges, he has become a certified coach who helps individuals overcome their obstacles and challenges to live their best life. He is also a classified British athletics track and field athlete, eligible to compete in Paris sport As a certified coach, James is passionate about empowering people to become the best version of themselves by releasing self-limiting beliefs and developing an unstoppable mindset. His mission is to help other people gain the confidence they need to live a life with no limits. Hi James, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Thanks for your Beautiful intro- introduction, and yeah, just welcoming me onto your podcast. It's really Absolutely. Pleasure.
0: We are glad to have you. <laughs> so, I'd really love to start from the beginning. Um, talk to us a little bit about your childhood and your early experiences with trauma.
1: Oh, wow. Um, how long have we got? <laughs> 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 um, so, my life started off pretty ordinary but then um at the age of 5 i was in a catastrophic car accident which which totally derailed my my um my whole life to be honest and um i wasn't expected to survive um i was put in a well doctors and paramedics and everything struggled to get me in a in an induced coma and then I was in a coma for three months and um they they didn't think that I would come off a life support machine and if I did I'd have serious brain damage. Um Got it. so yeah, they they in one thing my dad tells me is that one day the doctors came in to him and said, Oh, we think we we might as well Turn the machine off because James's brain is so badly damaged, so it's not really worth it, and my dad said absolutely not, and he's gonna pull through um so I was given more time on the life support machine, and then I eventually started to breathe unaided by myself so um that was a shock to everyone um but when I came out of a coma, my brain yes badly damaged and I was paralyzed on the left side of my body so I couldn't like I remember being in a hospital bed and my left hand was like in a fist like it was all scrunched up and it wouldn't open or do anything so I used to like have giggles with myself trying to open it with my right hand and that amused me for hours but yeah and I couldn't walk or talk or do anything I struggled to sit up um then it was lots of rehab, physical therapy, um, speech therapy. Basically, I was, I was a rag doll and had to learn how to be a person again. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that's the nuts and bolts of that. I had to learn how to be a person again. Cause I was like this empty shell of a, a person this little boy who didn't know who I was what I was doing or anything so that's basically where it all the starting point got it
0: so how long Mm. were you in the hospital and doing rehab
1: well I was in the hospital I, I think about about just over a year
0: okay
1: um but they yeah they really didn't expect me to do very well but I, I learned to walk again because I'm like quite determined and my family are very supportive. And my dad like uh, driven me like you will walk and keep trying and try harder. And so that's kind of been a mantra that I've been brought up on is to tr- keep trying, try harder. And there's no such word as can't and you won't give up. And so that's served me well to a certain extent.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know with my own experience, and certainly I was much older when I was in my car accident and had a traumatic Mm -hmm. brain injury. But um, I, I, that persistence and determination was, Mm -hmm. you know, what got me through the hospital and through all of those therapy sessions and everything else. So I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. So. What have been your most persistent struggles from your traumatic experiences? I guess start with that first one, and then I know you've had three near death experiences yeah. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, so oh, that's a great question um, um well, when I like started to get back into being a normal person and getting back to normal life and and obviously, I was very young, as you mentioned there. Um, going back into like to mainstream school, because I went to a, a special school for special needs children uh-huh. to start off with. Um, but then going back into mainstream school, obviously I was very different. I looked different, I couldn't walk properly. I walked with a limp, my arm was bent all the time. Um, I talked funny. Um, obviously, I was complete alien to other kids so I felt different
0: right oh that's terrible
1: that's the biggest thing was like I felt different I felt like I didn't fit in like finding your sense of belonging that's been a big thing
0: absolutely Mm. kids kids can be so mean um Mm. especially you know when there are obvious differences it it can be so hard for a child to you know it, you you think you need to assimilate to be the same as everyone else and mm. and really what the schools should be doing is accommodating you so that you can be the best version of you yeah
1: absolutely and they right. did do that to a, a degree but but okay. children are children and, like, they're going to respond. Like, there's this weird alien person in the room and, like, he's not like us and he's different. So that that was a struggle growing up and, like, learning to accept myself. I think we all struggle learning to accept who we are and where we are and the hand that we've been dealt with in life. Um, so growing up, that's been, been a challenge. Um, yeah. And it's still to a little degree a bit of a, a thing, but that was my my biggest um challenge, biggest yeah, 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 and then, yeah, just finding my place in the world like finding my well, as I talk about later, I'm like, yeah, finding out my place in the world is is a big thing, it's been a struggle and a a mission that I've been on, um and then as I said like I've been driven that determination I've had since an early age so that's the only thing I knew I've had to go on is to be determined and to be aggressive and I think trauma and sometimes having a brain injury it makes you a little bit more aggressive and determined and and you're in that beast mode a little bit more and other people who aren't in that I don't have that dynamic going on don't really understand yeah. it and they think well why is this person so vicious all the time and I'm like it's not me being vicious it's just the way I operate yeah. yeah
0: yeah so um how do you think those initial struggles of trying to fit in and to find your place in the world how has that shaped your life then and now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. As the weather gets warmer, I am more and more grateful for all the skinny teas, tanks, and camis I have in my closet. They are soft, comfortable, and go with everything. There is every color imaginable available, including a wide variety of skin tones. For 30% off your order, go to www.skinnyteas.com and use my code TTH30. That's skinnyteas.com, code TTH30.
1: Oh, I love that question shaped my life. Well, um it's obviously made me determined and I don't give up easily. Um, And once I have a goal, I go after it with everything I've got. Um, But I'd say that um, it's made me, because I've struggled to be accepted and then fit in and everything, it's made me more understanding of other people's Mm -hmm. struggles and where they're coming from. And it's made me more empathetic. So build like the jobs I do, the work I do, it's helped me having gone through all those struggles that I have to to be more empathetic, to be more approachable with people, to um, put myself in another person's shoes and, and really not just give, like, not just like say, oh, I, I can, I can imagine what that's like, but actually say I, I know what that's like because I've I've been through all this and obviously like you said, having three near-death experiences. I mean, the first one obviously the car crash. Um, but then um through work stress I had um a liver abscess which blew up and then pushed on all my organs and then I I thought I was having a heart attack. Um so that was bit traumatic. And then sure. a few, yeah, then like six years ago, um, I I was at the time training for the London Marathon, because I was putting my stretching myself with gold. Right, sure. And
0: to you're Tony. determined.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was Tony Robbins' idea. So <laughs> you have to do it. have to do what Tony says. <sighs> um, yeah, so I was training for the London Marathon and then I got diagnosed with a brain tumor. And um, it was growing out the side of my head because my dad like spotted it one Christmas on the on the couch. And he was like, what's that lump on the side of your head? And I was like, oh, it's probably just a cyst and it will go away. And then then it was a persistent cyst. And then I went to the doctor and I said, oh, it's now rubbing on my glasses. Like, when's it going to go away? So she sent me for a scan and then it turned out to be this massive brain tumour that had displaced half my brain and eroded through my skull and was coming out the right side of my head by my ear and wow. so yeah and then um i i had to postpone my learned in math and training and um then i got put on the waiting list for um brain surgery and then whilst i was on the waiting list they had to make a titanium plate to go in my head where my skull had been eroded um so that was all a big big thing um so 12 hour surgery um but because i was so fit um because i was on a mission i was like because I couldn't do long distance running at the time I then switched to short distance running so I was training for the 100 meter um sprint so I was I was thinking oh let's go to the Paralympics in Tokyo in a couple of years so I was like planning on that and then um so I was physically in tip-top condition I was like competing I was like competitive athlete so I sailed through the surgery and I was meant to be in the hospital for um like a week and I was like there for two days and then they let me out and I was back running the the following day so wow yeah
0: wow that's well you know it's interesting that you say that because I was when I had my car accident and my brain injury i mm. was in tip top shape um mm. you know working out was like my outlet for just about everything mm. so i part of the reason they think that i did as well as i did with the kinds of injuries that i had mm. was because of physical fitness
1: mm. uh, yeah absolutely and that that's interesting what you said it was like your outlet That is like my coping mechanism now is sports. And I go to the gym and I do weightlifting and I don't run anymore because I injured my knee badly. So I don't don't compete, but I still like sports and I still go to the gym like every other day. And that is my 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 coping mechanism, my outlet, as you said. What's
0: absolutely like, yeah I, I I feel you on that one because it, it, it is my outlet as well
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's true what they said like it the endorphin rush helps with depression and gives you that energy boost and if I haven't been to the gym I know that I'll suffer so yeah I make it a, I make it a priority and it's um something I have to do and because of my work now I start work early in the morning so I have to rearrange my schedule to be at the be up at 4am so I can go to the gym at 5am and fit it all in and people are like well why are you getting up at 4am and I'm like so I can go to the gym for two hours before work because if I don't I'll be I'll be grouchy and like I just won't be able to do my job
0: right I yeah. I totally understand, and I am a morning person too. I would much rather get up early.
1: I know, yeah, get my, my workout
0: doctor, in, and yeah. then and then go on with the rest. Yeah, of the
1: Yeah, I've got a friend, and she goes like she's there at ten o'clock at night, and I'm like, no, it's mm-hmm. I go to bed at eight o'clock I, or nine I'm o'clock. In, like,
0: I'm in bed, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> in bed by then.
1: So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a m- morning person. I have yeah. to yeah set my day up for success, and that starts with the gym
0: i I totally agree with you on that one yeah. so tell us a little bit tell us about the light switch moment you had um that kind of got you from the child who was helpless to where you are today was there was there a light switch moment?
1: oh yeah, I really like this this story yeah I was um I've been very fortunate and I've done a lot of amazing things and one of them was I got to work as a magazine journalist in Dubai um, because my parents had property out there and my dad was working and he knew someone he knew someone and they invited me to do an internship at a magazine publisher out there and then um, I got hired to do a job on a magazine and then I got um, asked to be an editorial's assistant on Esquire. And then whilst I was working on Esquire, um, my editor asked me, um, would I stay late one night to do a phone interview with Jack Canfield? And I was like, who is this Jack Canfield person? I think I've heard of him. I think he's like the, that Tony Robbins, rah, rah, motivational guy. I'm like, I'm not sure I really want to stay behind late at work to do this interview. But because I was like, you never say no and like you do your best and yeah. and I wanted to make a good impression, I stayed late one night and I think it was like 9 or 10 o'clock at night that I found Jack Canfield's office in the States and his PA answered and I said, oh, it's James from Esquire. Like, can I speak to Jack? So she transferred me to Jack's um, office and, um, yeah, I interviewed Jack because he was flying out to dubai in a few weeks to do a seminar and um i'd done a little bit of research on jack before the interview and like i'd he- heard about the law of attraction so i want to pick his brains on this law of attraction i i like really said is it true that you can just shut your eyes and picture a red ferrari and then it's going to manifest and he was like well you need to work out the steps to get there and if it's really what you want and break it down and I was like oh that's really interesting and then it was like in the interview it was like he gave me he was coaching me he was like like telling me about his success principles and said like the number one success principle he teaches is you have to take 100% responsibility for your life and then it was like that was the light bulb moment that was like Is that a thing? Can you do that? I'm like, wow. And then, like, he told me about his um, um, e um, what is it? Event plus reaction equals outcome um equation. And like, I was like, really, like, oh wow, this is cool. So then that that got me into the personal development space and into the open my eyes to coaching world and then I was working on another magazine because I I become a sub-editor by that time um so then I was a group sub-editor on another magazine Uh big celebrity magazine one of the biggest celebrity magazines in the Middle East and um I was I was like managing all these magazines and I was like so tired and rushed off my feet and trying so hard and I didn't really understand what what I was going through. I was just trying my hardest and exhausted all the time. Still going to the gym and going swimming and doing all these things. I was even doing horse riding. I like out in the desert when it was like ninety degrees. I was oh wow. Doing- horse riding lessons on a monday night and doing this and doing that and like i was burnt out but i didn't know i was burnt out and no then one one evening it was like press day on our mag- on our weekly magazine and my editor was like crack cracking the whip so to speak and i was like editing the tv pages because that was one of my jobs like i would do the tv page for the magazine and i had to pick the movie of the week and it was like the smurfs 2 movie and i was like writing a synopsis of what the movie was and i was like what are you doing like why are you writing this thing about blue people in the middle of the desert when you're knackered and is this really what you want to do with your life and then i heard what jack said like about taking full responsibility and i was like I don't really want to do this. I need to change it into something more fulfilling. I'm not really happy. I'm just tired. And yeah, so that was like the aha moment, the the moment where I was like, I can actually decide what I want to do rather than just being a good boy and like saying yes and doing my best and never being allowed to say no, that's not what I want to do. So yeah, I reluctantly gave him my notice on that job, because I was like, I was homesick, and I was struggling. Um, So yeah, I turned my life around, moved back to the UK. And um, I followed up with Jack and did some life coaching with Jack and um, through some of his work with he did a book on eft and tapping Uh and i i was like well this is this is bizarre this tapping thing so i got his book on tapping and like i did some further research because obviously i was still in journalist mode so i did some research into eft and then that led me to another book and then i did some energy type research and then it got me into energy psychology and then i discovered dr bruce lipton don't know if you've heard of bruce and the biology of belief and then i was watching a video with dr lipton and then he started talking about post-traumatic stress disorder
0: uh-huh.
1: and i was like oh this sounds a bit like me yeah. And then that's when, like, all the light bulbs and the little spark of life that I've been uh, that I've been looking for for my, like almost thirty years. By this point, that's when the pieces started to drop, and I was like, "Yeah, my digestion doesn't work." And he's saying, like, during trauma and stress, your digestion doesn't work because your brain, like. Ciphers energy to more important bits that help save your life rather than digesting a steak or something. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, that's really interesting. So then I did a lot of research on PTSD and I was like, oh, this, this is, this is me. This is what's happened to me. And then I learned about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. And then I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense to me. And then I had a, Um, some friends in the well-being space and he said oh you should go and see my friend who does Reiki and so I went and had this Reiki massage and she said oh you should do mindfulness meditation and I'm like no 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 I don't do meditation I can't (laughs) sit still it's boring so she gave me her CD with one of those la la pretty um soundtracks yeah soundtracks thank you with waterfalls and I was like oh this is just making me anxious but I persisted and then I relaxed and then I got into that headspace and then I persisted and then over time I got really into meditation Mm -hmm. I had
0: that same journey because yeah and then it's you want me to sit still
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and Mm -hmm. I went to see um a PTSD Um, counselor and he was like oh yeah just sit outside and watch the world go by and look at the birds and I was like are you crazy I've got better things to do and like I need to be doing stuff and yeah so through all that ordeal it's like being learning to slow down and be mindful and like being in the present and yeah then like once you learn how to slow down take your foot off the brake and the accelerator because when you're in trauma you have your feet on the accelerator and the brake so you just can't really go anywhere and you're burning energy trying to spin wheels that don't spin yeah. and then it's exhausting so then when you learn to slow down take your foot off the brake then you can see the wood for the trees and and just then feel what it's like to be you and then um feel where your boundaries are and what feels right and what feels wrong and then you slow down and then you can experience the world and realize you're not alone and everything's not against you it's just your perception of things and but when you're like going 100 miles an hour in your head you you just can't see that right so (laughs) learning to slow down and be a be a personal recognize my own presence for who i am that that's when i've gone from this traumatized child into this adult who, who like has written books and done amazing things and traveled the world and and all these things and yeah, yeah that so that was like the turning point was Maybe that Jack Canfield interview slash coaching session when he said, "Well, you can take full responsibility of a life and learn to say no and just ask for help," and I was like, "These are new concepts that no one's ever told me about." Right. Is it true? Right.
0: <laughs> and and I I understand that too. I I had a similar experience. I mm-hmm. all my life I have been a very independent person and mm-hmm. like. I can take care of it. I can do it. Yeah, and, exactly. and when you have the kind of trauma that you and I both had, um, you do have to learn how to slow down and take care of yourself and ask yeah. for help and that support in order to be able to heal.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a real big thing. That was like a big thing jack had this uh, written this book called um the aladdin factor and it was about uh, asking just and that was one of his success principles is ask 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 and i was like but i don't want to ask because it makes me seem weak and i'm not weak and i can do it all by myself and i don't Uh need anyone's help and no one can do it as well as I can. So therefore, I'm just going to struggle on my own. And then you struggle when you're exhausted, and then you can't do it very well. So then that's something I've learned in like my business is you can outsource things, you don't have to do everything by yourself, because there are other people who just focus on that one specialty, rather than you trying to do six million other things, and they specialize in what you're struggling with. So ask them to do it for you, and they'll probably do a better job, to be honest.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. Carrie here. Thanks so much for listening today. As many of you know, my new book, Trauma is a Catalyst, is available now on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. I'd love it if you would do me a favor. Buy a copy of my book and if my story at all provides you with a spark of hope or a sense of connection, buy another copy and give it to someone who you think would benefit. Ask them to do the same. My goal is to positively impact a million or more people. You can help me do that. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of this great conversation. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, so you wrote a book, um, How to Heal from Trauma and PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you talk about in that book, you talk about how you were inspired to become a coach. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that, because I, I can see kind of as your journey. But how did you yeah, decide would, to, oh, to, to take what you've learned to help yourself and turn that mm. into
1: coaching others yeah no I love this question so yeah you can probably see how how my life like slots together which is pretty impressive but um yeah I was so like when I was researching this thing that was PTSD and stress and trauma and and the biology of belief with Bruce Lipton and then EFT I learned to do EFT um and then the advanced EFT with matrix reimprinting and all these cool things and then I started to become become a person and like my world started to fall back together and I've been struggling to put it together for years and years and years it'd be my mission and everyone been driving me and stuff then when I started learning about all this personal development stress and trauma and PTSD I was like well no one's ever mentioned this to me before like my my friend who was doing um some fascial stretch therapy with me he said have you ever dealt with your emotional trauma and I was like what do you mean I think like this car crash was like 30 years ago any trauma would have resolved by now and he was like oh no I think you should look at that so I was like oh okay then so I did more research and and um Peter Levine's book, Waking the Tiger, that that was a real eye opener. And then so I did all this research and light bulbs well, and fireworks were going off in my head. And I was like, well, I have struggled for so long. Why has none of the physiotherapists or the surgeons or the doctors or anyone said, have you looked at emotional trauma or have you dealt with your stress or Resolve whatever why has no one said this to me like there must be other people struggling the same as me like i need to share this knowledge with the world and get it out there um Mm -hmm. and i know like ptsd was starting to to get um publicized with like the the vets from iraq and things Mm -hmm. but but ptsd or trauma is not just if if you're in a war it's like it's like if you're in a big like a car crash or a bigger life event that is overwhelming that you find overwhelming overwhelms your system and you don't know how to deal with it and then your body like blanks blanks off shuts it out and then Mm -hmm. you struggle to to function because there's part of you that has like split off to, in order to protect you um so yeah i i sat in the library and i'm like oh i need to write this book for other people to know all this knowledge um
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then yeah i got into coaching because i was in the library one day researching and then tony robbins was mentioned in an article i was reading so i was like well oh, perhaps i should i need to follow this tony robbins guy and work with him or do what he's doing so then i like got in contact with tony robbins office and because i've got good friends in in florida um i i decided oh i could go to florida and see my friends and then go to tony robbins event unleash the power within Mm -hmm. um so i did that and then i did all the tony robbins thing and that's how i got into the the bigger goal setting in the London Marathon and that's how that all happened okay um, so then I got into like the coaching um, because I could see through doing the Jack Jack's coaching program and then I did coaching with Tony's um, team um, and then some other coaching that Tony taught and then I could see oh this is different than counselling because I've done counselling and it's not really not really changed my world or rocked rocked my world in any really? way, shape or form. But this coaching really has helped me turn my life around and see things from a new perspective. And that's like what I really liked about coaching and how I got into it. It like helps you see things from a new point of view and a new way of like the coach would like say, have you seen it from this way or how about that? And then they ask you, thought provoking and powerful questions that Mm -hmm. that make you think in ways that maybe you haven't thought about before and i like the analogy that coaching is like if you're if you're the if you're the picture and you're stuck in a frame and all you can see is where the the edge of the frame is but then a coach comes along and looks at the picture head on where there's no frame they they've got a better vision of of your situation your life where you are whereas you're just stuck in the frame of the picture and so unless you've got someone who can see things that maybe you can't or interpret things differently than you um I think that that's really what has helped me like see things mm-hmm. from a different perspective, from a different angle. Um see maybe where you're going wrong or where you haven't thought about things like that. And that's where I got really intrigued with coaching. So I then um went on to do a coaching certification. I did that a couple of years ago now, um, mm-hmm. with IPEC coaching. Um it was a big nine month intensive course. Um mm-hmm not just one of these weekend workshops, which I've right. done a few of, but I really wanted to to do the nitty gritty full coaching program. And then I was, sure. I was doing a full-time job at the same time. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll do an NLP program at, at the same time. So I was like juggling a full-time job and then my coaching program and then an NLP master certification as well at the same time. Um, yeah so I was juggling a lot of balls but I was like learning the art of coaching and and how to be present with the person and and really go deep in with the coaching and learn new ways of coaching and the techniques and yeah the model like because I hadn't really got the model like people Mm -hmm. talk about models but then there's like no one way no not one size doesn't fit all there's like different they talk about the cookie cutter thing in coaching Mm -hmm. but but everyone's not the same like maybe that's why all these previous things have never worked for me because like as you probably know going through trauma experience of brain injury Mm -hmm. not many people experience that so we're very different to most people um so therefore we need something that is very different or very personalized so right therefore like my coaching program focuses more on like the trauma aspect and the, the building your life after trauma and then creating a life that That works for you, that you can be proud of, a life that you want to get up in the morning and and you want to do it. Right. Most of these other other programs, they they just don't really work for me. So I think it's pretty unique what what we've gone through and what we can offer the world because of our trauma and everything. And I think what doesn't break you makes you stronger. And then when you're strong enough, you can be resilient and show up for people in ways that maybe other people can't handle. And yeah, yeah, I think that's really special.
0: I agree. Absolutely. So what do you think the benefits for trauma survivors are um, who go who are seeking out a coach, Um, especially TBI survivors?
1: Oh, great question. Um, I think I touched upon it earlier Um, this sense of belonging the sense of not feeling like you're accepted like I said I was like just put in mainstream school with all these normal functioning children and then here I was could barely walk could found struggle to talk and read and write and everything and then I struggled with finding my place in the world I think i now work with a lot of um neurodiverse people mm-hmm. and i think that like tbi comes into that category which is why Absolutely. i love love this work that i'm doing now um it's about helping people that maybe Function a little bit different, their brain processes the world a bit differently. It's about helping them find their sense of belonging, helping them find their resources, their coping mechanisms, and then resourcing them so they can be more independent and Mm -hmm. know what works for them, and then resource them to do what works for them even more. So then that lights them up inside. Whereas when you don't know what lights you up, you're not lit up
0: right right so you're you are empowering people to advocate for themselves in such a way that they can find the thing that lights them up
1: absolutely yeah because yeah. i knew for years i was like i was not lit up that spark of whatever was not not lit up in me and my nan said back along when I was in hospital and stuff she said oh like there's light at the end of the tunnel and I've been looking for years for the light at the end of Mm -hmm. this very long and very dark tunnel and now I have found the light in me I want to help other people find the light in them as well what lights them up what makes them tick and I love what Mel Reb. Mal robbins put on instagram a couple of weeks ago like find what makes you happy and then do more of that
0: yeah yeah
1: and that's what i want to help people to do
0: yeah so if there's one thing you want our listeners to know no matter their trauma
1: mm-hmm. what would that be Oh, can I only pick one? <laughs> uh, yeah. You can pick more than one. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you. Um so um oh. Know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Because I think you you'll understand when you're traumatized and the world seems against you and everything's going wrong, you kind of shut yourself. Off off from the world and Mm -hmm. it's very lonely but you're not alone you just feel alone because it's safe because if you're alone you and you shut yourself away in a room you're safe but Mm -hmm. you're not alone so that's yeah I want people to realize that they're not alone they don't have to suffer on their own and then the other one thing I want to add to that is don't be afraid to ask for help and support.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love that. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
1: Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Um, so I'm very active on Instagram. I'm at coachjames.uk. Okay. And um yeah, my my um website is um, coach james.uk as well um you can also find me on facebook um james gardner um yeah but i if you find me on instagram that that's really good way i do i do videos um about three or four videos a week um on okay. there and so that's a good way to connect and you can message me or my website i've got a, a free resource people can download a pdf pdf shortened version of my my book how to heal from trauma and PTSD so I've done like a quick start guide so it's like three like the three pillars like the three quick steps you can Uh get going rather than read a a whole book because I know like when I was struggling I I just wanted to get going like what's what do I need to do so yeah I wrote this quick start guide like just to help get you started but
0: yeah I love that
1: yeah no because we all want things to be quick although yes although the healing journey is not quick
0: I know nothing (laughs) the healing journey does not exist on the Mm. same timeline as I think it should right
1: (laughs) absolutely not no I'm I'm still going I'm still like on my healing journey even though I've been doing it since I was like five and a half I'm still going and I've just had my 43rd birthday and yeah there's still things I want to do and still looking at the biology of trauma at the moment and yeah I want to write another book and yeah there's so much stuff I still want to do but it just takes time yeah and and it's time Mm -hmm. and yeah and then it's like well I want to get quicker but (laughs) can't rush someone said you can't if you plant if you plant a tree and you want it to bloom into like this magnificent oak tree you can't rush it right it takes time to manifest and grow and you just can't rush perfection or or like i don't like that word perfection but you can't rush what you become like right you You can't
0: rush beauty
1: yeah exactly yeah Yeah. it's like all things take time sometimes it's frustrating but that's that's the way life is that's that's how it is
0: (laughs) well thank you James so much for being on the podcast today it really has been a wonderful conversation and I have enjoyed
1: this very much. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation so much too. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Transformational Trauma and Healing. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks so much. See you soon.